Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we watch a forgotten superhero movie and decide, does this belong in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten for forever, or out and about for everyone to rewatch and remember fondly. My name is Arnaldo, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by Birdo. Did you want me to say bye? I don't know. I was expecting you to, and it threw me off. Sorry. Let's just get right into it. Birdo, what movie are we watching today? We are watching The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. So this would be the fourth Incredible Hulk movie, right? Yeah, there's a lot of these. Do you want to real quick just explain the movies, the sequence so far? All right, so we had the the pilot episode, which was kind of its own movie. Then there was the second pilot, mm-hmm. which was another movie. So basically, like, episodes one and two are, like, their own movies. Yeah, pretty much. Then you have the entire, you know, Incredible Hulk series. You got five seasons of that. Five seasons. Then you have the Incredible Hulk Returns. Well, then there's six years of oh, it's six years of nothing. Of nothing. Yeah, it's like a hiatus. Yeah. And then we have the Return of the Incredible Hulk. So you know he's back after six years. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Trial of the Incredible Hulk, which is this one. Yep. And then the next movie, which is the grand finale to this entire saga, the Death of the Incredible Hulk. It's kind of like the first Legacy sequel, really, when you think about it. I mean, six years is not a long time, but... No, but it's long enough. And also, like, this whole uh, Incredible Hulk series kind of feels like its own, like, fleshed-out Marvel Universe in a way. It does now. It's it's starting to with these movies, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe this should have been the, the bit all along. Like, for five seasons, he's going around different towns, solving different little cases and doing little little things or whatever... They should have just been introducing Marvel characters all along. Yeah. Like, this is fun. Because in the, in the previous movie, we introduced Thor, right? And that was great. I loved him. Oh, my God. It was so good. And these were thought to be backdoor pilots. So, like, these movies were supposed to... Because, again, it, it had already been five seasons of The Hulk. It was six years off air. So, like, these movies were not intended to kick off a ton of more Hulk stuff, I think. No. But they definitely wanted to do these backdoor pilots where maybe they could create a, a show based on the Hulk. Or, sorry, based on Thor. And then, in this case, based on Daredevil. And then, neither of those shows got picked up. No, they just never did it. Which is kind of sad. Like, I think Thor, for sure. That idea was great. We, I, we were behind that 100%. <laughs> yep. I would watch that show. I think that guy could carry a show on his own. Yeah. And then in this one, we meet Daredevil. And I mean, we're, we're going to get to it whether or not we think he could carry his own show. But right. I like the character, honestly. I thought they did him very well. The action surprised me a bit, too. There was a, there was came, a couple scenes that were really cool. It came and went. Yeah. 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 Let's get into it. Yeah. So She-Hulk's coming out. And we tried to kind of stretch these out. So, like, we would do a little bit of Hulk around the time Thor came out. You know, we would have that movie lining up it didn't work out at all no and now she hulk's coming out and so we're still sticking to hulk related things daredevil's gonna be in she hulk and daredevil's in this movie so that kind of paired up this might be the only thing that lined up right yeah pretty much but i mean hulk stuff in general (laughs) um and we're meeting a lot of hulk side characters over in she hulk so it kind of works out yeah i think Oh, oh one more thing i wanted to talk about um before we get started proper we were on an episode of the don't fret podcast Oh, yeah. That was a while ago. Two I feel like months like, ago. That was only two months ago? I thought that was like three. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Okay, so and the reason I forgot to mention it is because we recorded it like three months ago, maybe even longer. And then we were kind of doing our own hiatus at the time. And so by the time he finally 
release the episode we weren't releasing things that we were actively recording we, we weren't, weren't very we weren't synced up very well exactly yeah. so by the time we actually got behind the microphone i just forgot because it had been so much time um and then after that i just kept on forgetting but <laughs> we were on an episode of the don't fret podcast uh one of our longest supporters of the show the fretter super cool guy always uh wanted to chit chat uh, online we got to know each other he has a podcast where he interviews creative types um and he invited us to be on the show we had a great time his podcast is linked below it's called the don't fret podcast and we're in an episode called talking nerdy with arnaldo and berto Ooh, <laughs> it was so fun being on someone else's podcast and not having yeah to, not having to hold the reins it gets exhausting <laughs> <laughs> but anyway check that out whole lot of fun let's get started we're going to do our initial expectations, a little bit of background on Wilson Fisk, recap the plot, analyze the movie to the best of our abilities. Then we're going to do Keeper Cancel on John Reese davies John Reese davies Is that the guy that played Daredevil? No. No. That's the guy who plays Oh, the guy Fisk. who plays Fisk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Gimli. Oh, that's Gimli. That's Gimli, and it's oh. Treebeard in Lord okay. of the Rings. Cool. cool. So, just a real quick I spoil his some of his- I looked familiar. His voice is iconic. And he does a lot of voice work because he has a great voice. Why wouldn't he? True. So we're going to get into him uh, in our Keeper Cancel segment. That's when we talk about the stars of the movie and we decide if we're going to keep oh, we them or cancel We that Wilson them. Fisk is in this. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> uh, and then at the end, we're going to decide if this movie belongs in the Phantom Zone or not. Initial expectations, Birdo. Honestly, these movies have been kind of surpassing my expectations every time. So uh, my expectations for this one were pretty high actually i'm like oh i'm yep. gonna enjoy this movie because yeah. you know the last one was fantastic the one before that was pretty good mm-hmm. and the pilot was like also pretty good they've all been pretty good that's a yeah thing. like quality's been pretty consistent mm-hmm. like i could see why it became a show that lasted as long as it did because yeah. five seasons back then was a long time. If I could be more specific, I think my expectations were that these movies, the last three movies, mm-hmm. would do something different, would break the formula. Okay. And I think the first one, by the first one, I mean the first of the three movies, as in the, the third movie, the one we just watched. The Incred- Thor one. The Thor one started to do that. And then my complaint was that at the end of the movie, it was just kind of like, back to formula. He decides to just like run off and lonely man theme right i'm like all right cool you're just doing the show again and it sets up this one and now i'm like so this movie's got to be a little bit different right what are you gonna do don't make this just a long episode of the tv show basically i don't think it felt like a long episode Mm. the structure of this one felt very different let's get into it all right (laughs) all right so background um wilson fisk birdo who's wilson fisk can you tell me a little bit about him the kingpin Cool. Thank you. (laughs) So he was introduced in The Amazing Spider-Man number 50 in 1967. You know, this Amazing Spider-Man run, or like the first few years, was just like banger after banger in terms of villains. Most of them stuck around. Yeah, they, they really had legs. I think it's because they were interesting enough at first, and then later on, like other people gave them depth. Yeah, fl- you know? flushed him out a bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Kingpin's no different. When he was um, introduced by Stanley and John Romita Sr., the character's design is based on actors Sidney Greenstreet and Robert Middleton. I don't know them. I've seen Sidney Greenstreet in a few things. These are old Hollywood guys. If you look at a picture of both of them, 
you can kind of see where they would get okay. Kingpin from. But yeah, no, like I was saying, he started out as kind of just a generic crime lord in these Spider-Man comics. All the villains were like sort of generic one-offs when they started. Yeah. I don't think they expected them to come back. Right. So it's not until Frank Miller adapts him into a Daredevil comic in the 1980s when Frank Miller was doing, I think it's called Man Without Fear. I think that's the Frank Miller run that everybody loves. Yeah. yeah. And that's when he's turned into more of a scheming, cold-blooded crime lord that is always just beyond the reach of the law. <laughs> right. That kind of became his defining trademark. Yeah. You know, it's the, he's this character that is just too smart, too conniving, too well-connected to where, like, you can't really stick him. That's why every time, like, you see him get arrested in something, it's like, in-universe, it's like a big deal. Like yeah. the beginning of the that Spider-Man game. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, they got Kingpin. Yeah. I think it's funny that, he, you know, they call him Kingpin early on, but then, like, it's not until later that it's like, no, like, really, he's the Kingpin of crime. He's the one behind everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, he's controlling the whole thing. He's the big boss. He's the Mephisto. He's the Mephisto of Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Whoa. So that run cemented him as Daredevil's arch nemesis, but he is still a recurring villain to not just Daredevil, but Spider-Man still, Echo, and Punisher. And Echo, we saw a little bit of her in the Hawkeye show. Yeah, she's getting her own show. and um, Daredevil's going to be in it. And Kingpin's going to so be Kingpin. in it. Yeah, Kingpin will be back. Even though she uh, shot him, which she also does in the comic. Right. So there's uh, rumors she'll be back with an eye patch. Yeah. That's kind of all I have. Let's move on to the plot. All right. David Banner retells the story of how he became the Hulk. He's currently passing as a construction worker who gets bullied by workers but won't engage in a fight. He quits, however, and heads towards the city, saying he has to stop someplace. Yeah, they don't name the city it's just the city i meant to look it up because they show a a skyline a skyline yeah so surely it's got mountains in the background so like i didn't know it's vancouver (laughs) and i knew it was vancouver too is it supposed to be vancouver in but they show the the movie i mean probably not i think it was just filmed there well, yeah, yeah, but they showed the skyline and it's this city. Look, oh, that's oh, that's Vancouver. And I, and I thought Canada. that when I saw the mountains, I'm like, this very well be Vancouver because there's there's a long history of TV shows filming in Vancouver. Why is that? It's a big production city. Oh. It's cheap. There's probably a ton of tax credits for filming abroad. It's a whole thing. I'll take it. <laughs> and most of the Hulk show has been set in like California. Right. And so... He kind of just wanders the West Coast. Yeah. And through scenery and cities and different things that he says, you get the impression that he's on the West Coast. That being said, it's kind of sad to have a... I don't know, like... Yeah, it's kind of sad to have a a Daredevil and a Wilson Fisk that aren't in New York City, you know? They're just in the city. The city. It's You know what it's like? It's like, you take Spider-Man out of New York, it's like, well, then what... Well, what he's then he, he's far know? from home. Well, yeah, I know. And and those movies did a good job of subverting <laughs> those expectations. I'm just saying, like, Spider-Man belongs in New York City. He's in, Yeah, he's a New York hero. Yeah. And so does Daredevil and so does Fisk. Like, they are bound by their neighborhoods. That's kind of their bit. Also, these workers just bully him for no reason at all. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, it's... They're like, all right, guys, it's time for lunch. And then he shoves them into the water. Yeah. It's not logical, but it's also, like... Not worth exploring either. It's just like, you know, because you know what it is? It's just to inform you of his character. 
Like he He's patient. He's not gonna He's fight. patient and he, he needs to avoid being angry. Right. <laughs> it just seems like everywhere he stops somebody's trying to piss him yeah. off. Uh this David Banner's making me sad though, I'm not gonna lie, because because he tells this lady that uh he has to stop somewhere. You know? Right. And it implies that maybe he finally wants to stop running and choose to like settle down. Mm-hmm. But that's also what we thought in the last movie and he didn't do that. Well he tried. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did, and then something happened. And then he was like, I have to leave, and the, and the girl's like, no, you don't. And she's and he's like, yeah, I do. We're broken up. Bye. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. I, I think he's definitely supposed to be a tragic character. For sure. But, like, damn, like, nothing good happens to this guy. Not at all. <laughs> Arriving to the new city, David walks past graffiti that says, Daredevil. And he rents a new place next to a new enormous Fisk Tower. Isn't there one that also says Daredevil rules? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was later. <laughs> I wrote it down. Okay. <laughs> Daredevil rules. It's just like fake graffiti. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of like Jesus graffiti. You know, when like there's Jesus saves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a line where he talks to his, uh, his landlord and the landlord is like, a couple hundred bucks, I'll paint it whatever color you want. And he's like, save the paint. Like, I'm not going to be here that long. <laughs> Like he already knows. Yeah, that's it's a good well, line. Well, he pays for what, like a week. Yeah, he pays yeah. for a week. Yeah, it's a good line. Matt Murdock arrives to his office and kisses his secretary. Ooh, right? Ooh, oh. <laughs> what year is it? It's eighty nine. <laughs> um, <laughs> guessing what she had for breakfast. That's a little weird. That's a little bit weird, especially like he, he's blind. It's like, mm, if you don't know Matt Murdock, bacon he's and blind. pancakes. <laughs> they sit by a window and discuss taking down Wilson Fisk and his gaudy tower. Uh, his secretary is very, like, direct when she asks him about, like, being blind. Like, she's like, so why do you, why do you sit by that window? You can't see. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's a fair question, I think. But it's, again, it's so that we are informed of his character. He's like, I like, you can feel the sun. Yeah. You can feel the warmth. Like, I like it. Yada, yada. I do like how, like, I immediately knew this was Matt Murdock when they showed him because just him, like, getting ready for the day and stuff. He's blind. He's, he's blind. And also, like, when the thing falls down from his closet, they show, like, his reflexes. Oh, yeah. Like, they show him getting ready and he's clearly not blind. Like, oh, he knows yeah. where things are. He, he knows can... where everything is. Yeah. He has no problem getting around and then he fakes it. As soon as he gets out of the house, he some... starts pretending to be blind. Right. And someone has to guide him to his taxi Which, cab. Which, like, he is blind, but, like, he, it's complicated. I mean, okay, so real quick, because we didn't talk about Daredevil. In case you don't know who Daredevil is. So usually we do a background segment on these characters, however. Which we did do one we... when we watched Daredevil. Exactly. We already did it. Uh, so <laughs> refer to the Daredevil episode from, like, almost two years ago. Oh, we're we doing a comic book thing where it's like, oh, refer to issue Yeah, <laughs> Daredevil. Refer to our Daredevil episode uh, for the uh, 2003, I think it is, Daredevil. With Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck and Colin Farrell. Uh, he's blind, but he uses all his other senses, and he can essentially see through feel he, and smell. Yeah, he can see, but like not in the way we think. It's more of like a echolocation, like bats and dolphins. Or Toph. Or Toph, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's the same exact thing as Toph. I think Toph's better at it than Daredevil is. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Can't she, like, feel, like, the whole earth or something? When she's hanging out in the swamp. Ah, uh, true, true, true. Yeah. He can see through feel. Therefore, he cannot see things like... Color. Color or, like, a TV screen. 
Uh, he can't read, but he can feel. Apparently, he can feel the print. Yeah. So all yeah. iterations of Daredevil have been able to do that. So he doesn't even need Braille. He he technically doesn't. No. <laughs> I think Braille probably works better. Probably better, but like he could just like pick up a paper and be like, yeah. "All right." Yeah, and he has, and he and he does do that. Is it because the ink's like slightly raised, yeah. and he can like just feel that? Oh yeah, huh. he's crazy. Um, <laughs> he can also do very practical things, like he can tell if you're lying because he can listen to your heartbeat. A human lie detector. Yeah. Which does that make you a good lawyer though? Because you have to prove that they're lying. You could probably change your strategy around knowing the answer. And I think that's what he does. Because he's like, I know this guy's lying. I just need to prove it. Exactly. Or get him to crack. Right. Yeah. David walks by a couple of criminals who rob a jewelry store by the instruction of Wilson Fisk, who watches their every move through security cameras. The men take hundreds of diamonds and escape to the subway, where David just happens to be. They harass an old man and a lady named Ellie. She insults the men, so they threaten her and David to leave her alone. They punch him, so obviously he transforms into the Hulk, who approaches the men slowly. Hulk throws them out of the train, ripping the doors off in the process. He roars uncontrollably and runs away down the platform and into the tunnel. David is later found in the subway and arrested. I like how, well, first off, the heist was kind of cool. Yeah, that was, uh, that <laughs> and you have Fisk just like directing them the entire time. Yeah, but there's the part in the subway where like she asks David to sit next to her and pretend that they're together, and he just doesn't move. Yeah, he's kind of a dick, but he specifically just doesn't want to get involved in anything. At the same time, it's like, so can you just like sit next to me and pretend we're together? And he just ignores her. Yeah, and then like the bad guy sits in that seat and starts harassing her. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, he kind of fucked up. I mean, I think he. I think he knows that by the time he he finally is like... He's like, all right, I have to intervene. Yeah. <laughs> when he throws the guy out of the train and he just continues sliding on the ground into the wall, that looked great. It was funny, but also it, it did the thing that the older movies did with, like, you know, making really good props that break easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes him look super strong, even though he's really not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> those doors just... Hey guys, it's time for a quick break and we will be back in a flash. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. I'm going to be honest with you. I was kind of drunk when I watched this movie last night, so I had to rewatch it today. Uh, So there are parts that I just kind of skimmed over. Sorry. That's just... Wow. That's just what happened, all right? Whose fault is that? Uh, It's my own. Anyway. (laughs) I thought it was really funny to watch Hulk just sprint down... (laughs) the platform <laughs> and everyone's just like staring at him like i mean big green guy in the city yeah. and i think we said this last week or the week before or the last movie we did but if this happened today there'd be so much like footage of him because he had there's been so many eyewitnesses of the hulk already yeah somebody would have recorded him oh yeah it'd be all over tiktok yeah i guess in 89 though it was it wasn't easy to do that no everyone i guess just like everyone except for jack mcgee which is the first movie without him in it by the way Right. Everyone except Jack McGee thinks that they're just crazy. 
Yeah. Is it like mass hysteria or like a shared hallucination? Like what? What's the excuse? Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's not real. Which is why, like, they should have listened to Jack McGee because he's right. <laughs> yeah. There's so many people, unrelated incidences, who have seen the Hulk. Yep. Matt Murdock offers to defend David because he's interested in the two men and their connection to Fisk. David claims to not remember anything after being knocked out and obviously won't admit to being the Hulk. Matt demands to know who David is, having no fingerprints, no name on file, and for all intents and purposes, doesn't exist. The lady, named Ellie Mendez, is pressing charges against David, saying he attacked her. She's also claiming to have seen a giant green monster, a claim corroborated by many eyewitnesses. Well, that part's true. <laughs> yep. <laughs> David panics and says she's lying. Matt Murdock believes David is telling the truth and says he'll know if Ellie lies when she testifies. It's a gift he has. Matt awkwardly asks to feel David's face and says, don't look so sad. He didn't need to feel his face. He didn't need to do that. That was weird. He could have seen David's face without touching it. Can't I mean, I guess, yeah. Maybe not like as well. Because something similar also happens in the, the TV show yep. with Karen. Well, I was going to say the 2003 movie. That too. He's always like, oh, let me feel your face. I want to see if you're pretty. <laughs> you remember that? He's just using that to touch people. <laughs> that Daredevil is kind of a creep. Um, you know, though, <laughs> these movies kind of do a great job of introducing these characters. They do. It doesn't like weigh the story down. It's just kind of like, hey, here's this guy. Boom. And here's the thing. It doesn't feel like. Nothing about this feels like campy either. Like this is like oh, no, this not is at serious. All. Like no, this not is, at all. Like this is Matthew Murdoch. He's a lawyer. There's only been one campy thing in any of these movies, and it comes at the end of this one. Yeah, so campy that made me go like, "What? What is happening?" <laughs> and I'm excited to get to it. But no, this is very earnest. Like it yeah. takes itself very seriously in a good way, and yet it still leans into the comic bookness. And so. Like, just enough. Yeah. yeah. So, like, for the first two episodes, um, and probably many seasons of the show, it made the Hulk very... Like, it treated the Hulk very kind of scientifically. Like, it yeah. was like, we have to prove the science behind this, otherwise people won't buy into it. We can't just say <laughs> it's magic or whatever. Uh, and that's something that we kind of talked about yeah. for, for both good and bad. Like, that's something that will wear thin after a while, I think. And then... They introduce Thor, and they're like, fuck it. He's magic. It's Thor. What do you want? You know what I mean? No, like these, uh, I guess, legacy sequels have been much more leaning towards, like, you know, the comic books and yeah. allowing itself to do that instead of, like, oh, you know, let's shy away from that. I, I wonder if part of that's because the original showrunner wasn't involved with these. I, that could be it, honestly, because he's the one that wanted to, like, make all the changes to Hulk in yeah, the first these place. Mo these movies were... Bill Bixby was well, yeah, heading he, these, right? Yeah, these are Bill Bixby movies. Yeah. You have Thor, who is almost... He's basically Thor. You know, he's missing a couple things. Uh, he's not... He's like a genie in a bottle. He's kind of a genie thing. bottle. Like, he, right. It, they're, they're little things. Like, he's not Donald Blake on the side. Donald Blake's a different character. Yeah. But for the most part... It works. That's No, but for the most part, that's Thor. Yeah. yeah they still nailed it. And here we have Daredevil to the T. Like, other than the fact that they took him out of New York... This and is, they gave him this, uh, well, we haven't seen it yet, but he has his black costume here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want to talk about well, it. That and, was introduced here, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it was. I mean, we're going to get into it in the costume section, but yes. Matt Murdock visits Ellie at the hospital. Again, Ellie is, is the girl who got attacked. Ellie Mendez. There's only like four characters, so 
names, right? <laughs> she seems flustered and scared of some men who Matt suspects were there earlier. The nurse steals Matt's business card, and he knows she's lying. He overhears her call someone to report Matt as a risk. Fisk on the other line demands that the Mendez woman be killed, so that night the nurse tries to inject her with a syringe full of air. That's fucked up. Uh, yeah, so like, <laughs> you, I guess you have to, I don't know if this is common knowledge anymore, but like, if you put air in your veins, it'll kill you. It'll kill you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, it'll, once that gets to your heart, it'll like make it explode or something like your heart is not meant to pump air. It's meant to pump blood. Blood. Yeah. It's actually an incredibly easy way of killing somebody, especially if you work in the metal, medical profession. Yeah. Um, that's why when you see someone like give you a shot, they tap it to get the air bubbles to the top and then they pour some of it out. To so make sure that there's no air at all in that. In the syringe, yeah. yeah. It's very dangerous. Suddenly, a mysterious man in black saves her and fights the nurse. But also, the nurse just runs into electrical equipment, which electrifies her. <laughs> Daredevil escapes. All right, so one thing I've noticed about these movies is there's a lot of people just getting thrown into, like, electrical objects. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and getting is, electrocuted for a while. At the end of the day, like, this is a movie, but it's a TV movie, which means it's a TV <laughs> show, right? So... They're just thinking when Thor just pushes David and he like flies into some equipment. It's just <laughs> yeah, they're kind of one trick ponies, right? Um, and we saw this a lot too. We had a running complaint about these movies that they're very helicopter heavy. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, whenever they need like an action scene, just throw a helicopter in there; it'll be fine. <laughs> it's probably easy for them to do. Yeah, I think they own the helicopter at this point. They've rented to own it. <laughs> They're like, fuck, we got to get our mileage out of it. Like, put it in every fucking movie. Yep. Um, but I think it is funny that, I mean, this is a hospital room. Like, you can't get electrocuted by just, like, running into the equipment. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> the nurse does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but this is the first time we see Daredevil. He's in his uh, black outfit. Uh, very reminiscent of the TV show. We'll get into it. Yeah. He's like a ninja, but only his eyes are covered. <laughs> Yeah. And not his mouth. <laughs> um, there, you you can see, and again, we'll talk about it in costumes. You can see a little bit of like the it's a different material on his eyes, so he can see through. Well, it. that's what uh, I did for my Daredevil costume. Yeah, but yours yours was really good because it hid in the black, like you couldn't really tell. True. Like if you didn't put a light to it, you couldn't tell that like you had eye holes. Also, Sable designed that. Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> She's not listening. She's not listening. <laughs> Fist changes his mind and. I think she forgot we were here. Yep. <laughs> Fisk changes his mind and now wants Ellie alive, but to be used as bait. And David dead for being a witness. He also casually threatens his right-hand man, Edgar. At the prison, David's cellmate tries to shank David, but misses. Deputy Chief of Police, Tendelli, questions David after the attempted murder of Ellie. He demands answers off the record because of how corrupt his city is. David is an outsider and therefore clean and likely just stumbled on this mess. So he, this interaction, he meets the police chief. He's really kind of hard-nosed police chief, like real stereotype. Yeah. I like how he just kind of tosses him around the room a bit. <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> he just like, he grabs him by his collar. He knocks him up against the wall. He's like, you're going to tell me. He's like, what? <laughs> and this is one of the reasons I think this would work better in New York because... A West Coast city just doesn't seem corrupt. Like, I know it could be corrupt. Mm. No, no, no. It could absolutely <laughs> be corrupt. But it doesn't have any of that uh, imagery, you know? Because West Coast city... Because it's not Baltimore. It's it, not New York. It's, it's not dark and 
grimy. And, and grimy, yeah. It's not like a, you know, I the think wet... LA is pretty grimy. Yeah, but it's always like bright and sunny and daytime yeah, and it's pretty. Fake. And there's mountains in the background. It's a facade. It, it looks more like a metropolis and less like a Gotham City. <sighs> Whereas New York looks like shit all the time. So eh, does Chicago. Not Manhattan. That's where all the crime is. That's where <laughs> but it doesn't look that's bad. where Hell's Kitchen is. Yeah, but Manhattan looks nice. During the day it looks nice. Well, anyway, that's why I think <laughs> this is one of the things I think works better in New York where they're like, This city's corrupt, and you're like, Hell yeah, I know. <laughs> I can tell by the, all the imagery. <laughs> if they're like in like LA or something, though, I could totally buy like that there's shady uh, shit going I don't know. on. The thing is, the city as portrayed in this movie looks kind of nice. Like, I know they try to... Even Fist Tower looks nice. Yeah, they try to grimy it up with, like, graffiti. And... Yeah, like, look at this ugly skyscraper. It's like... Yeah. It looks like a pretty standard subway, skyscraper in a city to me. The subway looks so clean. Probably because it's a set. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it's just a nice subway system in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> Ellie finally admits to Matt Murdock over the phone that she was forced to lie about her testimony because her parents were being threatened. Oh! <gasps> <laughs> by the time Matt arrives at the hospital, however, Ellie's already been abducted by Fisk. Fisk tells her that she's going to be an actress playing the part of a princess in need of saving. He's getting very theatrical here. He is very theatrical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Later on, the whole... I think there's a tiny bit of Fisk representing like the director of a movie. Yeah. Did you get that? He's like always like... Giving orders to people through like headsets yep. and stuff. And, he, yeah. Yep, he has a headset on. He's got um, he's got a uh, uh, earphones on. He's looking at a bunch of TV screens. He's telling. He's giving direction to he everybody. Wants things to be perfect. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very micromanaging. Also, so here's something that kind of gave it away for me is that he keeps changing his mind on whether or not he's going to kill off a character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he keeps going back and forth. He's like, Nah, I'm going to kill you. Like you're dead. And he's like, actually, no. No, I can use you for something. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to play the part of a princess in need of savior. I'm like, this guy might be Kenneth Johnson. (laughs) This this might be what this whole movie's about. Damn. Okay. (laughs) Do you see what I mean, though? I do. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And he's very, like, behind the scenes. Yeah. 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 I think Ellie's a little bit too brave. Like, she doesn't shut the fuck up. Yeah, she's like, I'm a teacher, and people miss me, and I have a right to live. Yeah, but you're going to die. It's like, yeah, but don't say this to this, yeah. these people. That lip's going to get you killed. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you say what keeps you alive. That's all you need to say. Yeah. Matt demands David testify in court, but David refuses. He says he'll change and can't be held responsible for the consequences. Not understanding, Matt says he has no choice but to take the stand. Cut to a heated trial with David on the stand as both attorneys and the judge all yell at him. (laughs) Answer the question. This is ridiculous. Um, This stresses David until he transforms in front of the entire court on the stand. Stan Lee watches from the crowd. (gasps) Stan Lee. (laughs) Uh, Let me finish this. The Incredible Hulk destroys the courtroom while the crowd panics. He pushes Matt Murdock aside, chokes the prosecutor, and tosses the bailiff out the window. <laughs> Suddenly, David wakes up in the jail. It was all a dream. He also takes Matt's uh, walking stick and just breaks yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole thing's a dream sequence, and it should be obvious at the beginning from the ridiculous nature of the questioning. They're not even really asking a question. They're just saying, answer the question. Yeah. 
and they're screaming at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It played very well. Like, this is a nightmare sequence. Yeah. Like, he's it, imagining it. Like, he's like, this is what's going to happen if I go to court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this scene, uh, we see Hulk wearing his purple pants. And I think it's the only time he wears the purple pants is in the stream sequence. He wore purple? He wouldn't wear, like, the jeans? It was, the it was, it was, the pur- it was like his comic book look. Oh, that's very interesting that they did it for the dream. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. That's a good catch. Mm-hmm. Stan Lee. I you... read that this was his first official yep. cameo in any Marvel yep. project this ever. This is his first ever cameo. We just saw it. Wasn't that cute? I like it. He doesn't have a speaking role. Um, He is just a member. Like, he's in the background. He's a member of the jury. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know what Stanley looked like, you'd miss it. Yeah. Which, you know? back then, I'm sure a lot of people did miss it. Uh, obviously. He yeah. wasn't famous back then like no. he is now. Yeah. Classic Stanley, Glasses, everything, the whole look. I read also his first cameo, not the first time a comic book creator is in a cameo for a thing he created. Right. I think that was Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby was in an episode of this, The Incredible Hulk. Just an episode. A regular episode, yeah. Okay. And that might be the first time there's a cameo, at least in a Marvel thing. Okay. From a Marvel creator. I feel like we questioned whether or not something else we watched was his first cameo or not. It sounds familiar, yeah. But, but I... whatever that was, scratch that, this is yeah. actually his first cameo. No, by all accounts, this is the first yeah, thing. It's literally the first. Crazy. He did so many after this. <laughs> In almost everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Except for like that weird foreign Captain America movie that we watched from the 90s. He wasn't in, he wasn't in any of those either, Captain yeah. America things, but... Awake from his horrible nightmare, David tries to calm himself down, but the dream was too real, and he transforms in real life. <laughs> his cellmate looks on as Hulk breaks through the doors and walls off screen to escape. This, I have a problem with this. I think maybe this would work better if it was the first Hulk out um, where you don't see him. It's kind of like hidden, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like a horror movie where you don't actually see the monster till the end. Right. I don't know. I feel like we've already seen Hulk twice. We've seen him in several movies and TV shows, and now they're hiding it. It is weird that they're... Yeah. It's good editing. Don't get me wrong. And I think the effect is still there. I just... I question the intent, I guess. Okay. Uh, the scene was a little weird, because at first I'm like, what's going on? Why is he changing? Well... But afterwards, I was like, I get it. Like, he's very traumatized by the dream, I guess. Right. Like, he woke up in a frenzy. No, like, basically, like... Yeah. And when you have a nightmare, you, you know, you wake up, your heart's pounding and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's it like, makes sense. Yeah. It's like if you wake up in a cold sweat and have a panic attack. Yeah. You know, that happens to people. Yeah. It happened to him. He turned to the Hulk. That on top <laughs> of like the anxiety he's already feeling about everything that's ho- going on right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, he's the Hulk. That's my secret cap. <laughs> he's in a constant state of anxiety. <laughs> I'm always mad. <sighs> is he always mad or is he always anxious? That's a good question, actually. Mm. He's therapy. Yeah, he does. Matt learns that David escaped jail and recalls that David is staying in a building in the shadow of Fisk Tower, so he calls his his assistant. He tells him to hold up a ruler at Fisk Tower on a map to project where the building may be. This was all bullshit, by the way. I hated this scene. Yeah, at first I was like, this seems really clever. I'm like, wait, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't even make any any fucking sense. Uh, Next, Daredevil goes into the night questioning thugs in alleys. A thug named Turk tells him which buildings are rented out, and Daredevil tells him to be good and read a book. Daredevil then tracks David down and urges him to come with him and even reveals his face. Hey, we got a Turk appearance. As Turk Barrett, which is 
a kind of a deep cut for this time period that they're like, hey, let's actually grab a side character from the comics. Yeah. And then obviously like Turk will also make appearances in like the, the MCU Daredevil show. Yeah. Oh, actually, all, all of the Netflix all of the Netflix ones. shows. Yeah. He was in, yeah, he was the uh, he was the connecting a, thread. He was one of one <laughs> of like Turk. two connecting threads. It was like Turk and Rosario Claire. Dawson. Yeah, Claire. yeah, yeah. But and we had seen in this show that like they mostly ignored the source material. Like they didn't adapt any stories from Hulk. They no. didn't even use his name. Um, well, like, no side characters. His name was too gayish. Right. What does that mean? The, and I think this is interesting because. They didn't use Foggy Nelson or Karen Page. No. They made up two original characters. But then they give us Turk. And they give us Turk Barrett. What? <laughs> and Wilson Fisk. And obviously Fisk, but Fisk, is he's a villain. So, like... Right. Anyway, so, yeah, Turk Barrett. Oh, yeah, the whole map thing. There's so many intangibles here. There's so many, like, unaccounted for variables. He's like, all right, now put, put the sun at 8.30 a.m. What does that mean? How does he know that? How does he know where the sun would be in relation to this map? The ruler is not to scale... That doesn't work. It does not work. You should just know. It's a cool idea. Is it? It's cool. I didn't say <laughs> it was intelligent. At first, I thought it was clever. As I was watching, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> As he's showing the rule, I'm like, this isn't working at all. What he should have been like is like, tell me on the map, like, what, you know, what borders it, whatever. I don't know. We know it's air drop me a picture of the yeah, map. Yeah, yeah. We know it's the block immediately adjacent to the fucking tower. That's all you needed to know. Yeah. But I guess he's like, he's what, like, what are the mean streets there? Yeah. You know, the rough neighborhoods. So we see Daredevil running around, jumping around the buildings and stuff. That part was great. I that thought. was some good acrobatics. He fights some thugs. He does some shit. And we see his night vision. Yeah. Which is very similar to like predator vision. You know, not the red and blue, but like maybe it's alien vision. It's night vision. Yeah, because the predator vision is like just heat vision. It's heat vision and it's all like red and yeah. blue. Isn't alien vision like kind of just like bluish? Am I making that up? You is might be thinking vision? of like an alien versus predator video game where you can turn on alien vision. I think I'm just thinking about predator vision. Oh. Anyway, it's <laughs> night vision. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool, actually. That was an interesting way, especially like given the limitations. I like how he sees in like green. Right. But like... Well, it's because it's night vision. <laughs> Pew! <laughs> well, because it's like they don't have the technology to do a CGI sequence. What if they just showed a black screen and you heard the noises? Honestly, you know what they probably did? Not even take a night vision camera. They probably just overexposed in green yeah. over and over and over again until you get this picture that like looks horrible, but the brightest things show up in green. Yeah. Because what I think would have been cool is if they did something, again, similar to like Toph, where you like visualizes like the echolocation. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. But I'm not sure if that's how his powers work. Because even like the, the Daredevil show, they show like his vision for like one scene and everything's like red and like messed up looking. Do like it think? looks like everything's like on fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. But it's like it's just shapes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. At Matt's apartment, Matt recaps his origin to David. He tells him that he punishes people that the law will not. In a flashback 10 years prior, police chief Tendelli tells the press that the DA and half the police force are all corrupt. I love that he just said, like, he's not afraid of repercussions. He's like, yeah, half my guys are fucked. They're on the take. <laughs> <laughs> Is he doing anything about it? 
I guess not. Uh, he frustratingly says, maybe it'll take a crazy person with no identity or liabilities to take them down. A daredevil. <laughs> and then Matt's like, I could be that guy. <laughs> His face lights up. <laughs> this inspires Matt to train in gymnastics. When Matt was 14, he pushed a man out of the way of an out-of-control truck and barrels of chemicals spill onto him and blind him. He explains his powers, and David refuses to divulge information about himself or the Hulk, but does agree to help. <laughs> the part where he examines his eyes, and he's like, oh, I know something about radiation. Yeah. He looks at his eyes, and he goes, can I be cured? And he goes, no. Nope. <laughs> and that was it. That was... Makes me go, why was this in the movie he then? his eyes for two seconds. It's like, you can't be cured. Your eyes are fucked, my boy. Like, it almost comes off as kind of rude. Yeah. There are a couple more lines in this where it suggests that David has information. Like, he has education or knowledge about the subject matter. He's like, your eyes are radiated. I can, I know all about that. And he's like, no, you're fucked. Yeah. like So, like, what was the point? I guess we had to be reminded that Banner's a doctor. I guess, yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was kind of funny because of how like direct he was too. He's like, no, he can't be cured. I think a little bit of his just foolproofing it, where like it's plot hole armor. They're going to be like, if he's an expert of radiation, why wouldn't he fix his eyes? He looked, he couldn't do it. Just because radiation caused the issue doesn't mean he's not an optometrist. That too. <laughs> Police Chief Tendelli has a two-way phone straight to Daredevil. He reports that they overheard Fisk is holding Ellie at the web. Matt recognizes this as an abandoned theater that's still decorated with giant spiders from Mars. Hmm. That's not a real movie, is it? Is that a real movie? I don't think so. Okay. David agrees to help, and Daredevil goes jumping from rooftop to rooftop on his way. Afterwards, David hears a message from the cop warning that Turk was paid off to leak the information, and this is probably a trap. Whoa. Criminal is being a criminal? What? Ah, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I did like when they, uh, when they find Turk at the bar, and he's like, drinks on me for everybody. And Tendelli's just there waiting for him. He's like, where'd you get all those hundreds from? I don't know. Take him away, officer. <laughs> like, Turk sucks. He's a horrible criminal. And that's the point of his character. Yeah, and yeah. I love that, you know, they, they did that properly here. <laughs> yeah, because in the comics, like, he's always getting caught. Yeah. He's a screw up. He just sucks. In the show, same thing. He's always just messing up. Yep. And he's getting beat up too. A lot the he show. gets beat up a lot and he's always in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> I think eventually he's like, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. And he just leaves. I liked uh, some other character, some like old drunk guy is like, so wait, are drinks still paid for? And uh, Tendali the cop is like, you know what you need? A nice glass of orange juice. <laughs> he gives him some money. The guy just sits back down at the bar, gets a drink. <laughs> it's just a weird, like, little funny thing they throw in there. And there's some comedy in this. I liked it. Yeah. So I was going to say, as much as we talk shit about the cheesiness of, you know, these shows, and we really don't, like we said, this takes itself very seriously. The plots are always written well enough. Yeah. You know, where, like, characters are going to places for good reasons. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting to watch it play out. None of the dialogue is frivolous, except for, you know, the ones that we already pointed out. Right. Um, there's a scene earlier where uh, Matt is talking to Ellie. She mentions that her parents were there. And then later we find out that the reason why she went along with this is because her parents were being threatened. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. There it is. She met with her parents. 
you know, they told her that they're being threatened. This is why she's suing, uh, complying, suing with Fisk, Bur- uh, right? I almost said Bruce or Damn David it. Banner. Yeah, David Banner. <laughs> David Bruce Banner. And then here you got this very interesting Daredevil just left, and then the cop is like, "Hey, Turk's testimony was a lie. This whole thing is shit." Yeah, and then in your mind you go, "Oh no, this is a trap to lure Daredevil in." Yeah, and lo and behold, it's a trap. To that, lure Daredevil. That yeah, that's a well-written scene. <laughs> yeah, no, anything that's like cheesy is pretty much like a just a product of the times. Like we think it's cheesy today. Mm-hmm. Back then, that might be like, oh hey, that's <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, you know. But the mechanics of this plot work really well. I agree. Daredevil sneaks into the theater, walking down the hallway. I only say that because Daredevil in a hallway got me really excited. I thought we were gonna get a really cool. Yeah. You know what? Part of me was One like, take fights. Yeah. <laughs> Part of me thought, I'm like, is this what it's all based on? Like, right here? Like, is this what it is? We do get a hallway fight. It's not. Oh, yeah, we do, actually. You're it's right. It's nowhere near the quality of. No. It's actually kind of bad, actually. Yeah, but. <laughs> uh, anyway, he's walking down the hallway. The door shuts behind him. Ellie is strapped to a chair at the center with a spotlight on her. Suddenly, Wilson Fisk yells for lights, camera, sound, Action. Okay, he's definitely a movie director. I see it all now. <laughs> this is 100% it's what like, this oh, character is. This is perfect. I can start filming my movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm making my movie, guys. As theater is flooded with bright lights and loud sounds to disorientate Daredevil. Fisk's thugs beat him up. David makes his way to the theater to help, but is locked behind the door, watching Daredevil get pounded. Ooh, rephrase that. that I was going to ask you that, actually, if I should refound that. <laughs> <laughs> so Daredevil's getting pounded. Okay, but like, we only recently made that sexual. You could say pummeled. Pummeled? Is that better or worse? Chat? <laughs> it sounds old-timey is what it sounds like. Pummeled. He's getting pummeled. He's getting beat. We can say get pounded, <sighs> but we have to recognize what it sounds da- like. Daredevil get pummeled. There. <laughs> this upsets him, and he hulks out and busts through the door and fights the goons. Ellie yells, what is happening? Which is a fair question, honestly. This is very chaotic. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you put her, put yourself in her position. Like, she's <laughs> tied up in a chair watching yeah. she's been people ta- get beat up or She's been pounded. taken captive. Yeah, pounded. She's been taken captive, and here comes this ninja to save her. And then, like... like <laughs> and he loses. <laughs> the villains, like, turn on floodlights and play, like, really loud sounds. And then, like, a giant green monster comes to save the day. Like, it's this is all very hectic It's very confusing. confusing. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you don't know, if you're not the viewer of this film, it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hulk carries Daredevil to safety, who feels his face as he transforms back into David Banner. They now both know each other's secrets. Aw. This was very uh, weird and romantic, wasn't it? <laughs> kind of. Like, Daredevil, for no reason, puts his hand on Well, he Hulk's needs face. to see. Does he? And well, then he's he, Daredevil, so... And then he calms down. And you know what it reminded me of? The Black Widow lullaby? <laughs> Some sun's getting sun's real getting low. Sun's getting real low. <laughs> hey, big guy. <laughs> uh, Thor butchering the lullaby. Some punk kids ask the police if it's true that Daredevil is dead. Matt Murdock is alive, but bedridden from his injuries, and his spirit is destroyed. David encourages him to be thankful and uses gifts for good and sort of bullies him into getting up and walking. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, get up. Quit being a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that was rude. Uh, Matt yells at him to shut up, 
silently agrees and goes into his gym. He exercises off screen until he feels better. <laughs> Again, he can't walk and then he gets up and now he jumps on like some gymnastics equipment. And, and now he's he, great. And then he's back. He's back to normal. He was only damaged on the inside. Yeah. They did the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. In you know, one scene. Got a broken back. Just lay down in a certain position for just, a day and you'll be yeah. fine. Just stop being a bitch about it for a minute and maybe you'll be okay. He tried not having a broken back. <laughs> Fisk has gathered all the local crime bosses and wants to show them that he's killed Daredevil despite lacking evidence. This will give him all faith in his leadership. He orders his assistant, Edgar, to kill Ellie, which is a problem for him because he seems to have fallen in love with his captive. (laughs) This came out of nowhere, by the way. All of a sudden, Edgar's like this very nice man and he's like, you know what? We gotta get you out of here. I think I love you. (laughs) He visits her held up in a hotel suite with silk pajamas and vaguely expresses his longing for her. Fisk has witnessed the whole interaction. He's like, if none of this ever happened and we and I saw you out in public and <laughs> bought you something, what, what would you say? <laughs> How strange was this? I was like, where did this come from? I think maybe if you go back and watch it again, there might be signals that maybe like Edgar's into her or at least doesn't want to murder her. Right. When Fisk is like... He going... doesn't ask about her like multiple times to I, Fisk. Yeah, I think maybe I missed all of those cues, but this kind of still felt like it came out of nowhere. I, well, he was like, like, oh shit, like I should tell you now before they kill you. It feels like you're in a different movie for a minute. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, it feels odd, but also like it's not bad. Not entirely, no. no. I would have been upset if she went along with it. If she was like, actually, yes, I do love you. I'm like, this is Stockholm Syndrome, that, lady. That would have been bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> she is very upfront that she's like, no, you still kill people. She's this like, is... you seem like a nice guy, but... Mm. I'm not into this. You guys are all murderers. And he's like, I also save people. <laughs> like, I'm going to save your life. Like, no, man, you kind of got her into the situation in the first place. You're complicit, is all I'm he's saying. He's complicit, yes. He's not <laughs> responsible, but... This is one of those things. Certainly didn't do anything to stop it. No, no, no. no. (laughs) This seems like a plot point that was uh, a pad for time. (laughs) We need 10. It's like, oh, shit, wait, this is a movie. We need five more minutes. Uh, What do we got? Uh, He professes there is love for her. We can can get five minutes out of that, right? (laughs) It worked. This is more solidifying this theory that we're developing right here, right now. Uh, That Fisk is a movie director. He's editing the footage. To tell a lie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's no proof that Daredevil died. No, not at all. He, earlier, he even tells him, like, stop it right there yeah. because... He looks dead. <laughs> he looks dead there. He gets pulled away later. But st- if you stop it there, yeah. we, he, we're good. Yeah, he's yelling at his editor. He has to show off the movie to his financiers <laughs> to secure the financing. Like, <laughs> he's a movie director. Allow me to show you a little film I put together. <laughs> It's called Daredevil's Dead. Yeah. He's very excited about it. <laughs> Is it weird that Fisk has a boss? I thought he's the kingpin. Well, he he's trying to be the kingpin. He's trying to get all the crime bosses to ag- oh, this agree with him. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fisk holds a meeting with the bosses. Not his boss. Again, crime bosses. Gifts them diamonds and assures them that Daredevil is not a problem anymore. David and Daredevil sneak up the building with a guard Daredevil has taken hostage. He fights four guards who refuse to use guns as to not alert the crime bosses and dispenses of them easily. One of Fisk's goons threatens to kill Edgar 
who is trying to save Ellie for love, I guess. Uh, David shows up just in the nick of time to stop the goon, and Edgar hits him with the vase anyway. <laughs> that guy punches Edgar real hard in the face, too. Oh, the bad guy? Yeah. Uh, I love that uh, uh, David has a situation under control, and then he's like, yeah, but I'm holding this vase, so I can I can still hit him with that it, That was right? actually genuinely funny. I laughed, yeah. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> also here, we see uh, Daredevil ziplining. Oh, yeah. From building to building. I thought that was really cool. He uses a little truncheon. He does kind of do that in the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, he does do that. That's like yeah. how he gets around. It's super cool. Yeah. Um, Other than the fact that like his outfit isn't like the red or the traditional yellow, they're really sticking to Daredevil from the comics. Well, and here's the thing. Retroactive, like watching this today after having seen the Daredevil show, I buy it even more because the yeah. show already kind of solidified that as yeah. a costume for him. Right. The show jumps off of this as much as it does the comics, yeah. really. So. Which is, it's crazy how much like these things have inspired like MCU projects. I know. We said this uh, the last movie because Thor: Love and Thunder. He wears that the costume, the costume from the the fucking Hulk yep. movie, and the the Incredible Hulk movie is basically an adaptation of this show. Yep, yep. yep. And I just rewatched it like two days ago, and I'm like. This is the Bill Bixby show, but yep. Edward Norton. Yep. They do uh, Lonely they, Man. In they it. do. Yeah. And uh, Lou Ferrigno makes a cameo appearance. Yeah. It's crazy how much love I, that movie showed to this show. I, well, I mean, again, this show is kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm amazed that they never got Bill Bixby to do. Well, was he already cameo. dead? Yeah. Oh, he's dead? No, Bill Bixby died in 93. Prostate cancer. Damn. Yeah, we talked about him. Yeah. As Fist is showing doctored footage of Daredevil dying, the very much alive Daredevil bursts through the screen and says, intermission. I like that, right, actually. Buddy, like, I actually really like that. Unnecessary, I think. You're he, already so cool. Don't here's the thing, it. though. You know he heard everything that was happening in the room before he busted uh, in. Yeah, of course. But he's also, like, not that kind of superhero, I feel. I don't know. To have, like, one-liners. He gets a little corny in the comics. At least this version of him seemed seem pretty serious. Up until this moment, yeah, he was he was a very serious person. Fisk gets away in a very strange hover plane. Is this the part that you thought was very campy? Yes. Yeah, this is like what a the bo- fuck like is this? a Bond villain thing. What was that? That was ridiculous. That came out of nowhere. It came, well, it came out of that little structure on top it, of the building. It came out of that garage <laughs> thing. Yeah, absolutely. But no, they just they fly away, and Daredevil's like, Urgh. they fly away, fly away very slowly too. This is the part where I, just, I was just like, use a helicopter. Why aren't we using a helicopter? You have helicopters. Uh, because Fisk would not do that. Mm. Because helicopters are beneath him. He needs something fancy. Well, this thing doesn't even make sense. Because it has one propeller. It goes forward like a plane. But it, it hovered very slowly like a helicopter. So this, this was a weird addition to the movie. I mean, in design, you know what it looks like? It looks like the Beatles' Yellow Submarine album cover. <laughs> like, it's big and it's balloony for no reason. You know, yeah. Why did he like? It's so strange in a movie, like in a it series. It would have better just have him get away in a car, and anything <laughs> in a series that, like, again, takes itself very seriously, is very earnest. This was like so campy. I'm curious what caused this. What happened here? Yeah, everything else is like so serious, so like, uh, like it all goes together really well, and then this is like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> very strange. I didn't like it. 
Didn't like it one bit. It might be my only complaint about the movie, it actually. Took, it honestly took me out of the movie. Because <laughs> the thing is, it doesn't... Like, they don't rotoscope it very well, either. Like, it looks out of place film-wise, too. Like, it like so, something literally got pulled from, like, another movie and placed in here. Yeah, like, it doesn't look like it's occupying that space at all. Uh, just use a helicopter, man. I don't understand why they just didn't bring back another helicopter. Or the Thanos copter. Maybe they ran out of money, but it's like, this didn't look like it was cheap. <laughs> like... It seemed like it was a waste of money. Yeah, like they got to build the prop, they got to film the prop, and they got to rotoscope it into also, the movie. Was Edgar flying with him? Was that Edgar? Yeah, like Edgar is like fine now because even like so Edgar and I skipped over it, but like <laughs> Edgar doesn't run away with Ellie. No, and, he and, sa- he says like he'll forgive me. I'm the only one he forgives. Yeah, but why not just run away with her? Like, there's no real satisfying conclusion to that tiny subplot that they introduced way later. Besides, like, Ellie's alive, I guess. Sure, but, like, are they together? Do they like each other? Like, what's the deal? I don't think she likes him like that. I'm, it's unrequited love. No? Okay. Well, he's back with Fisk now, anyway, so he's he's off in that weird <laughs> He helps plane. Fisk get away. <laughs> that was so strange. <laughs> David bids farewell to Daredevil and says he's off to a new lab opening near Portland. So he's going to Oregon. David hitchhikes to the Lonely Man theme. Uh, that's the movie. I okay. What's the point of naming all the cities that he's ever been in and not naming this one? Because this is the city. That's what I'm saying. I, mean, I think maybe it's because number one, it's not New York, so that's already a distraction. And number two, it is Vancouver, and that's not even in America. And th- yeah, and they can't say it's Vancouver <laughs> because that doesn't make sense. Marvel heroes don't go to not America. <laughs> if they do, it's because they're not an American hero. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That that's just one of those things where I was like, I don't you've mentioned cities countless times before. Like this it kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit, but there's also a pointless scene in here that I left out because the lawyer team, they just kind of look at Fist Tower and they're like, it looks different today. Like it's missing a structure. Oh, and then Matt goes <laughs> Things change in the night. Yeah. And then that's it. They don't show it, by the way. I had to rewind to be like, oh, did I miss it? Like, when do they show the top of his tower? They don't. I think it's just the characters acknowledging, like, hey, something weird happened. Yeah, but like... Just a weird way of doing it. They could have done it in any number of other ways. I love the things happen in the night, and he's just smiling. Yeah. (laughs) It's symbolism. The symbolism, because earlier... Early in the movie... And again, this is... Wow, that's an ugly tower. Exactly. Matt Murdock says that they're going to tear that tower down brick for brick and then one of his secretaries one of it's his actually not made of bricks yeah and he's like it doesn't matter it's a metaphor <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not about the building but now a piece of the building's literally right. gone i get it so That's then cool. the metaphor comes back but i'm like there's probably a better way of doing it than being like oh everyone's looking at the building and then they don't show the building you know <laughs> i don't know maybe that's a nitpick. maybe if there was a daredevil show that would have probably taken place in vancouver they would have uh yeah actually <laughs> You're they actually right would have dismantled that tower. Yeah. Every episode, the tower just loses a bit. <laughs> <laughs> he said brick by brick. So <laughs> floor by floor. All right. That's the movie, guys. Let's move on to analysis. Overall thoughts. What do you think about this movie? Do you, by the way, do you remember any of this movie? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, I liked it a lot, actually. I enjoyed, honestly, everything with Daredevil in it. I thought uh, his addition to this was very good. The plot was actually pretty interesting. I don't know why it was called Trial of the Incredible Hulk because he never actually went on trial. That's the thing. I've got I've got some thoughts, <laughs> Berto. I have questions for you. Yeah. Is this a movie or is it a TV show? 
This is a long episode of a TV show. Uh, I think this one felt more like a movie than the other ones did. But at the end of the day, the way it's structured is still like like a long TV show episode. Yeah, this is, I think, by definition and in this example, like it's a TV movie. Like short of finding the commercial breaks, which I guess aren't like overly prevalent, like in some other ones where it's like, that's a commercial break or whatever. Right. I think this is just kind of another long episode of a Hulk (laughs) TV show. And I think that's where my disappointment comes from. I think this is good. Right. Like, I think this is good. I think this is very well made, Mm -hmm. but I think it's good in a vacuum. If that makes sense. Like, I think if you take this movie out of context and you're just like, here's a th- movie here's with a Hulk, Hulk and movie. Daredevil and you watch it for the first time, not knowing anything else, you'd be like, yeah, that was pretty fun. So you think it works better if you haven't watched everything else? Yeah, I think in the context of like what this was supposed to be, I'm like, this isn't enough. Like, you know what it reminds me of? Rise of Skywalker, where I think in a vacuum, Rise of Skywalker is a fine Star Wars movie. I think it's like, yeah, it's got a story. It's got characters, and they do a they do a Star Wars, and, and it's you know it has fun parts. It, yeah, it's fun, and it's it's got some excitement. It's got some lightsabers. It's got some pew pew, great times. But when you in the when, grand scheme of things, yeah, yeah, when you look at the grand scheme and you look at the context, it's supposed to be the epic. You're conclusion. like, what did this actually accomplish? Right. Yeah. It's supposed to be this epic conclusion to the entire Star Wars saga, uh. and you're like. Uh, when you put those expectations onto it, it doesn't work anymore. It falls short. Oh, so short, mm-hmm. right? Like, it just doesn't accomplish any of that. I feel like this is something similar where, like, five seasons of a TV show, six-year hiatus, three reunion movies, the movie should have soared higher than the expectations of the TV show, I think. I feel like if it were me and I was a fan of the show and I waited six years and these were the movies I got, I'd be like, oh... We're just back into the show. Like this isn't like a which, bigger, if better you're a thing. fan of the show, I mean, you're probably cool with that. That's Paul. That might be actually what you want. Maybe. And I said this last time for the the one with Thor in it, Return of the Incredible. Hulk. I really love the Thor one. Yeah, I know it's a great time, but it's like thematically, have we evolved at all? Like, Not are really. we doing anything different no, than before? At the end, he's still gonna shit. leave and move on somewhere else. Yeah. It's, it's more it's Hulk. The, it's the formula. Yeah. Hulk finds a, a a problem and this new set of characters and those problems resolve with or without Hulk involved, really. Like whether or not he's involved, they get resolved. And yeah. He, he fucks off and he goes somewhere else. And um, he comes up with another, a different pseudonym. That sounds a lot like David Banner. <laughs> <laughs> it's always David something. Mm. David Banyan. So close to David Banner. <laughs> David Benson. Why didn't he go by like Bruce Flagg or something? (laughs) Why doesn't he go by Roberto? (laughs) Yeah, come on. (laughs) No, but even with all that being said, like, yeah, this is very formulaic, but I still had a great time with this. It was really cool just seeing like another iteration of Daredevil. Mm -hmm. Kingpin, honestly, I was surprised he was in it. I think this. this Like when, when they said Fisk, I was like, whoa. Yeah. This does do a step above the TV show where the TV show was afraid to do the comics. Yeah. And now, like, these versions, maybe because Kenneth Johnson is not involved anymore, and now it's a a Bill Bixby-led production. Right. They're like, no, let's do more of Marvel, like, regular Marvel Comics stories. We got Daredevil. We we talked about this. We got Daredevil. We got Kingpin. We got Turk Barrett. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Turk is in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real comic book character. Like... 
things. It almost makes you wonder, like, if they weren't afraid of the comics from the get-go, how much better all of this could have been. Yeah, yeah, who knows? But again, let's not forget, this redefined Hulk. This TV show. This TV show redefined Hulk. By ignoring the comics. Which is hilarious. And, like, we mentioned this. Uh, and we got some really good Hulk stuff. Yeah, out no, of for sure. We mentioned this, this. in Where's Mephisto. So did, uh, so did Blade. Blade did the same thing. Yeah. Like, the Blade movie redefined Blade the comic. So, I don't know. Sometimes it works both ways, I right? think it's... I think what's most, like, I don't know, I guess surprising or shocking to me is seeing, like, signs of, like, the greater Marvel universe in something that's mm-hmm. this old. Yeah. Because we always thought, like, oh, like... The MCU started like, oh, nothing like this has ever been done before. It's been done before. Oh, it's been done so many times. Maybe not to like that level. Yeah, you just haven't been paying attention. <laughs> but but it, we're seeing now that this has clearly been done before. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're, we, we've we actually watched most of like the 60s, uh, no, the 70s and 80s Marvel Universe. Right. Like we've seen Captain America, Doctor Strange, Hulk, Daredevil. Thor. I think we're just missing the the old Spider-Man. I, I think that's the only one we haven't done yet, Spider-Man. Huh. I think I read something somewhere where they wanted to do a crossover with Spider-Man. They just they couldn't make it work. I think you're probably right. Yeah. But. Our, we're eventually going to do that Spider-Man yeah. pilot, right? Yeah. I think this is well written. Like I said, I think this is really good in a vacuum. Like the plot, the dialogue, the mechanics of this, uh, of the plot are really good. Um, I honestly got really surprised at the twist where Daredevil's being sent into a trap. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. When we had mentioned... In they the beat plot- the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole trap sequence was great. We mentioned during the plot, like, no part of this script is... Like, they trimmed all the fat. You know, no part of this script is useless. Like, everything is there for a reason. There are little bits of dialogue that, you know, set up something in the future that foreshadows something. Right. It's a very well-written script, I, I think. I think that's why it was so enjoyable to watch, too. It didn't feel like anything was, like, a waste of time. It didn't feel like there was any filler in this. No. It was just... Yeah. It's just, like, a well-laid-out story Yeah, done as a long TV episode. Well, that's the thing. And yeah. then to some of my complaints is, like, does this make for a good Hulk movie? I think it was a very decent Daredevil movie. It, yep. Exactly. <laughs> I think the roles are flipped here. Um, I think there's a there's a real good classic bait and switch here where the premise and the promise of this movie is that there will be a trial of Hulk. There and wasn't. Do you see the poster that we've got up here on our stream? Yeah. This is what was sold to people watching on TV. Right. Is that Bruce Banner is going to go, or David Banner, sorry, is going to go on trial and he's, he's going to scream. He's going to turn into the Hulk. Right. And the only way we got that was through a dream sequence. And that feels cheap. But it got us the first ever Stan Lee cameo. All right. Well, if that's. And it got us Hulk in the purple pants in live action. (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like there's a very interesting premise that they teased us with. And then was like, actually, that's too hard. We're not going to do that. Because here's the thing. That would change the status quo. And that's what they don't want to do. This is still a TV show, and they want to keep the status quo the same at the end of the episode so they can do it all over again, right? It's the, it's the golden rule, yeah. TV. <laughs> right. So, like, why change it? And that's why that's where my frustration comes from. I wanted these finale movies to do big, different things, and okay. it doesn't, you know? Does he go on trial? No, it's all resolved. Some of it's resolved off screen. <laughs> did you notice that by the way like, a little bit yeah like no, it was 
the charges are dropped, we assume, because fucking the, the because lady Because Matt Murdock's admitted. a really good lawyer. Well, no. Yeah. Caught that brick. No, like, <laughs> he, she admitted to Matt that she lied. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, he's innocent or whatever. However, he's still on the hook for breaking out of jail. Right. So, like... Because that, that was a whole other crime yeah. committed. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, like, he's not exonerated from that crime. So, like, I mean, he's on the run again, but, like... That's just all done off screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, he, the movie starts out, like, the first half of this movie sets up this really good legal kind of predicament that Banner is locked in, and it kind of culminates at Matt Murdock, the lawyer, going, the way you're going to fix this is by standing trial and testifying. And, and he's Banner's like, just tell like, the truth. I cannot do that because I'm the Hulk. I will fucking Hulk out. It'll be a problem for everybody. And then dream sequence. And then it's over. <laughs> His dream sequence that causes him to Hulk out. Yeah. But then. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but the resolution to that great predicament is just the dream sequence. Because after that, it's ignored. After that, it's just like a Hulk show again. And they're like, oh, we're going to sneak into this place. We're going to beat these people up. And all that's well and fine. And I like a lot of that action. But like. Where is the resolution to the first half of the movie, which is this, like, legal predicament, and now, like, he got entangled in the fucking mafia, and now, like, he's wanted, and he's got to go on trial. Oh, he's just going to leave the city. Like, yeah, <laughs> it just feels like two completely disconnected movies. I like the Daredevil movie in that, this. Yeah, actually. It's actually very yeah. good. But those two movies are, like, barely stitched together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a Hulk movie, and it's a Daredevil movie. But the Hulk movie kind of gets dropped halfway through. And then it's just a beat em up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I see your point on that. Uh, that being said, I still think this is a great Daredevil movie. It was better than the 2003 one for sure. Uh, <laughs> is it better written than 2003 one? Kind of. Okay, well. <laughs> so all that being said, uh, if you like the character of Daredevil, this might be something to check out. No, I, I absolutely watch this. Out of all the failed Marvel pilots, out of all the Marvel pilots, period, mm-hmm. where would you put these, Daredevil and Thor? Because I think they should oh, be- Oh, I the, think they're high I up think they there. should be the top. Because I, I think, think these should have been shows. I think these are the shows they should have made. I would have watched that Thor show because it seemed like there was some great chemistry there between yeah. uh, Thor Blake. and Blake. Yeah. Yeah. Out of all of them, most of them didn't get made anyway. We got Doctor Strange. We got Captain America. But I think Thor and Daredevil are by far the best show potential. I'd probably say Thor, Daredevil, and I'd probably put Captain America number three because those were, plot-wise, those were pretty good. Okay. You think they could carry their own shows, though? Captain America. You like those movies. I, I like them. I, I actually <laughs> genuinely like them. Okay. What was the last thing I was going to say? Oh, I really like that uh, this connection that we made while talking about the movie. Uh, Fisk is a movie director. Oh, yeah? I like that a lot. <laughs> I thought that was very good. I thought that was, that's He's a very neurotic movie yeah, director. I think that's a very fun commentary. Again, I don't know if that is like a reference to Kenneth Johnson, the TV producer for Hulk, or it's just one particular movie director that Bill Bixby worked with at some point. He's based it off of that. And he's just like, fuck that guy. <laughs> like, fuck that <laughs> he guy. He was a villain. But yeah, Wilson Fisk, the character in this... It's just like, I mean, he's a mafia boss, right? But at the same time, like, he clearly represents a movie director. Like, he's taking characters, people around him. He's like, you're going to die. You're going to play the role of this. Yeah. Actually, I'm not going to kill you off. You're going to play the role of a princess, a damsel in distress, if you will. (laughs) 
And he's like, lights, camera, and then he's action. Like, editing footage and stuff. <laughs> and he's like, stop it right there. And he's <laughs> he's selling the movie to his financiers. Like he even puts it like on a projector and everything. Yeah. He's like, I have a I have a movie to show you that and I he, made. And he bribes them too with diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> and then Daredevil busts through the wall at the last second. He's, he's like, like intermission. <laughs> I like that. I thought that was very clever. That uh, might be the campiest thing. In no, there. no, no. The, the remember the helicopter thing. Oh yeah, that was yeah. pretty. Yeah, we recorded this two weeks. The, the plot we recorded two weeks the, ago, by the way. So we're trying to the piece it all together. 007 yeah. escape vehicle. Yeah. It was like a jet helicopter thing yeah. that went very slowly. Yeah, they, they shouldn't have tried to go all James Bond with that. Mm. Just use a helicopter. Oh, what about the Ellie Edgar subplot? Uh, Think about that. I didn't think anything like good or bad of it. I'm just like, oh, that's just it's just a thing that weird. happened. And I think we mentioned it as like a way to fill five to ten extra minutes. Yeah. You know what I think? I think that was supposed to set up like a recurring thing in the TV show. That what? Fisk's number two has a heart of gold. Yeah. And he's in love with that, with this random character. Who probably I don't know if back. we were ever going to see her again. I think we were going to see him again. Well, yeah, they escaped together. Yeah. Which is, I think that was the point. Which is weird because he was inside of the building at like, I don't know. He he suddenly appeared in the vehicle at Fisk. He at went the up end. the stairs. He was like, "I'll see y'all," and he goes up <laughs> I'll the stairs. See y'all. So I don't. I don't remember. Well, he goes like, "He'll <laughs> forgive me. I'm the only one he forgives." Yeah. <laughs> Some other things. Uh, we mentioned this is very earnest. It takes itself seriously, and I appreciate that. I do too. Up until the very end, when it doesn't. Well. Uh, <laughs> Oh, here's something. Daredevil. They kind of treat him like Batman in this. Did you notice he has like, uh, he's got a Commissioner Gordon who's like. He's like, I, I need you on this. Yeah. Like he's got a secret, <laughs> you know, bat phone to get to Commissioner Gordon. Gordon's like, hey, here's the inside scoop. I need a real vigilante on this. Like, go get him, Batman. <laughs> and like, that's not that I know of. It's not like a Daredevil trope, but it, it is a Batman trope that no. they kind of borrow. But like even in the Daredevil show, though, he's got that. um. He's got that cop on the, the inside, yeah. Yeah, he he was a sergeant. He got promoted to like something. Right, right, right. Did he become police chief? Uh, no, I don't know. He 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 got promoted to something. He was kind of by season three, he's promoted. Yeah, yeah, he was like Daredevil's guy on the inside, right? Anyway, which I so, guess was like his commissioner Gordon, just not as powerful. <laughs> I think that's all I got for this. You okay? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much deeper I can dive into something from yep. that long ago. Totally true. Let's move on to Keeper Cancel. You ready? Yeah. John Reese Davies. He played Kingpin. Do you know? What do you know about John Reese Davies? Gimli. Gimli. Yeah, correct. Welsh actor born in 1944. He's getting up there. Oh. 78 years old. Damn. He's alive. (laughs) He could play Gimli again. Gimli's the only thing I know about. He looks very familiar, though. Like, I've seen him, like, out of makeup in other roles, I'm sure. Well, he also has an iconic voice. Let's get into his filmography real quick here. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, is he the one? Yep, with um, with the dates. Yeah, so his and name is... And he tells him not... He stops him from eating the dates. Yes. He's a guy from the beginning. He's like Indiana Jones's contact when they get to, when they go to like Morocco or Egypt. I want to say Morocco, and I'm not sure why I want to say that. Huh. I don't remember. I haven't seen Raiders of the Lost Ark in a while. Yeah, his name is Salah. 
helps him out, mm. gets him on his adventure. He right? saves Indy's life. He does save him from eating the the poison dates. Yeah, poison dates. <laughs> By the way, uh, Sala is. Uh... Oh, what the fuck? Okay, okay. Is he in Temple Doom. So it says three films, and I'm like, wait, what three films? Right. He's in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. He's in Last Crusade. Oh, uh, okay. Which I haven't seen in a very long time. Wait, is he in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? No. He's in the fifth movie that hasn't come out yet. Oh, okay. He's in the upcoming fifth movie. Huh. That's very interesting that they got him back. Wow. Good thing, too. How old is Harrison Ford? Around oh, the same age, it's right? It's Egypt, by the way. Oh, Egypt. Okay. Uh, Harrison Ford's a little older, actually. Oh, damn. <laughs> Harrison Ford just turned like 81 or something oh, like that. Shit. He's very old. That man needs to retire. Uh, also, he uh, Sala is featured in two Indiana Jones rides. Or two rides featuring Indiana Jones. One, the Indiana Jones Adventure, which is a Disneyland ride, if I'm not Damn. mistaken. And the Great Movie Ride, which, which no longer exists. But you remember there, there was a section in there with yeah. uh, Salas in it. I fucking love that ride. That was one of my favorite rides. It's a shame it's gone. A couple other things. Living Daylights, James Bond movie. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> Living Daylights, really? Who was the James Bond in that? Timothy Dalton. Oh, uh, didn't he only do like two of them? I think he did like five. Did he really? He did Living Daylights, License to Kill. Oh, I guess he only did two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I was like, I don't think he did that many. You were There are some people on. that really like him though. I have all of the Bond movies and uh You've I've seen, seen none of I've them. I've seen like half of them. I've seen a bunch. Uh, I'm going through all his movies. Um, it's a lot of old stuff, I'm sure. So, yeah, a lot of movies, a lot of movies I don't recognize. Uh, Sunset Grill, Cyborg Cop. What? This is clearly a ripoff of RoboCop. RoboCop. Uh, Seventh Coin, The Unnameable Two, <laughs> High Crusade, Robot and the Family. Blah 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 blah. Okay, here's something. Who's in the Princess Diaries Two? Royal Engagement. Was he really? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he was the bad guy. Yes! Yeah, he was. Oh, I knew I knew that voice. I've seen that movie too many times because of Sable. Um, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. He was Kasim. Was King of Thieves the bad one? It was the direct-to-video one. But Th- it There started... was two direct-to-video ones. Oh. No, I think yeah, Return yeah, of Jafar right. was the bad one. Return of the Jafar was the first bad one. King of Thieves was the third one that had Robin Williams in it, though. Uh, because Robin Williams had a big fallout with uh, Disney over Aladdin. Yeah, they screwed he, him over with something. He didn't want to be like the center of the movie. He wanted to do the movie, but he didn't want to be. He didn't want the this, marketing like revolving around him yeah, and stuff like that. And they yeah. they did it anyway. Uh, and so that's why he didn't come back to do the second one. Then they made amends with him, and they and and don't quote me because it's been a while since I looked into this. But uh, he ended up doing the film. For like pro bono or for charity. Oh, so like he's in King of Thieves, but like they couldn't market it. It was direct to movie, and then like I think a lot of again, I think he did it for like the union wage, and then okay. they just gave the rest of the money away or something like that. Mm, that's nice. Although they had they had already recorded his lines with the other guy, Homer Simpson. Oh. All right, so Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, actually all the Lord of the Rings, obviously, as Gimli, the elf. Or sorry, not the elf, the goth. Dwarf. Dwarf, thank Jesus, you. Jesus, the elf. Sorry. That's Legolas. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Two Towers and Return of the King. He's also Treebeard, the Ent. 
Mm, he, so see, the, I, rem- uh, I remember the voice of him. I remembered the Ents, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember the Ents, but not a dwarf. Okay, you know why? Because in all media, elves are tiny people. No, they're not. Oh, uh, have you seen? In like Christmas bullshit, they are. Snow White and the Seven. Oh, those are dwarves. <laughs> are you just confusing dwarves with no, elves? <laughs> elves are always tiny people. Elves are always tall with usually fair skin, long hair, pointed ears, they're, and they're usually archers. They're always small people. They're never small people they're except either, like in Santa land. They're either making cookies in a tree. Oh, my God. The Keebler elves. They're making <laughs> shoes for a cobbler. No. Or they're making toys for Santa Claus. Yes, those are not fantasy settings, Just though. Just as explained in the beginning of the elf movie. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, in fantasy settings, yeah, they're fucking tall. So and they're, all, they're usually badass all right, and so, immortal. Okay, sure. But you see why it's easy to confuse dwarves and elves no. outside of the fantasy genre. No, because I live in the fantasy Anyway, genre. I, I remembered Ents, the big walking fucking trees. Uh, Jungle Book 2, uh, fucking Princess Diaries. So you mentioned Princess Diaries 2. Chris Pine was in that too. Yeah, Chris Pine is his nephew. Is he the one that she gets engaged to? Yes. Yeah, he's the royal engagement. Tom and Jerry meet Sherlock Holmes. He plays Dr. Watson. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> Scooby-Doo mystery map. That's newest, 2013, by the way. That's a Scooby-Doo we probably haven't seen. It's nine years old. It's not new anymore. Okay, but we're talking about Scooby-Doo, though. It's a weird, like, claymation one. Look at this shit. Have you ever seen this before? Never in my life. What the fuck? What the hell? He was in Anaconda's Trail of Blood. Is it the sequel to Anaconda? Either anyway, a sequel or a knockoff. We mentioned some voice work he's done. He's also done um, a lot of DC. He's done Aquaman. Not Aquaman, but he... Oh, wait. Hold on a second. I'm so sorry. He was in Aquaman the movie. He was the... Voice of the Brine King. Which one's the Brine King? The I think they're like the overgrown ones. You uh, see them for a second. There's like seven kingdoms that we don't think it killed. Movie. No, I thought uh, Ocean Master kills him. Ocean Master kills the what? guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, and Shazam. Jimon Hansu. He's also the. He's also Shazam in Shazam. Yeah. I gotta see who the Brine Lord is then. And he's just voice, right? I think he's like a big crab monster. Cause the Brine are the ones that like turned into like monsters basically. Cause they, they live so far under like deep in, in the water. Oh, don't they only show up at like the end of the movie yeah, in the fight? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back on uh John Reese Davies. Grizzly 2. This is, we're in 2020, by the way. Grizzly 2. I, I don't know. He does a ton of shit. He's a bunch of B shit. <laughs> anyway, some TV stuff. He was in Chips. This is back in the day. Murder, She Wrote. Murder, She Wrote. Whoa. Uh, Trial of the Incredible Hulk. I know that. Hey. We saw uh, that. Tale, uh, episode of Tales from the Crypt. Batman the Animated Series. He voiced uh, Baron. Baron. In an episode called The Cape and Cow Conspiracy. Is he just in a single episode? Yes. No. A Flintstones Christmas Carol. I don't think I've ever seen that. Actually, I think I have seen that. I don't think I have. I watched a lot of Flintstones. Gargoyles. Hey! Macbeth. It's one of the gargoyles. I think it was in 13 episodes. Huh. Okay. He was in 
um, the Fantastic Four TV show, an animated series, he voiced Thor. Whoa. Yeah. A year later, he voiced Thor again in the Incredible Hulk TV show from the 90s. Same era? It was a year later. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same character. Like, I don't know if it's the same exact. The same Thor? I don't know if it was like an interconnected universe. Mm. Some of the animated shows did that. Star Trek Voyager, you play Leonardo da Vinci. You know, they're doing like Like time time travel and shit, all that stuff. In Voyager? I guess. The only thing I remember from Voyager are the Borgs. He looks like a Leonardo da Vinci. Justice League TV show, he voiced Hades. Zeta Project, which is another like DC thing. SpongeBob SquarePants, he voiced Man Ray. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, always? He always did? It says two episodes. Oh. Was Man Man Ray only in two episodes? He might have be. Like, legit might have been, yeah. Yeah. He's like the arch nemesis to uh, Mermaid Mermaid Man. Man. Yeah, he's he's a spoof on Black Manta. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he might have been in only two episodes. I just remember him very vividly. Psych. (gasps) I love Psych. He was a museum curator. He was in Once Upon a Time, three episodes. As Gimli. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, the Adventures of Puss in Boots. I don't know. He got a TV show. He has another movie coming out. He has another out. movie coming out. Yeah. When the animation looks really good. It looks too good. It looks Spider-Verse inspired, where it's no longer like... It's no longer it's, just like 3D it's CGI. bullshit 3D DreamWorks. Yeah, yeah. It's more artistic now. Is that still in the Shrek universe? I guess. <laughs> huh. <laughs> uh, and then a bunch of video games. Uh, interesting. So, John Reese davies huge filmography. Uh, seems to me that he'll just do eh, just whatever he wants. <laughs> whatever pays well, I guess. He's like, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. Birdo, keep or cancel? Let's, keep him. He keep seems like him. a treasure. Keep, yeah, he seems fun. Super iconic voice. Sounds evil no matter what he says. No big that's, controversies with him. That's why he's always playing uh, fucking uh, villains. <laughs> yeah. And doing so much voice work. And I support that. I love voice actors. It's a whole level of acting that uh, most other actors don't even have to tap into. So, Or if they do, they're not good at it. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you go to some of those old like licensed like comic book video games, uh-huh. like based on like the movies, the voice acting, like they'll get the actor to voice the character. It's bad. Like like which one specifically? Uh, like the, the Spider-Man movie games. Oh, Yeah. The it just sounds like they got Toby Maguire to like, hey, come over here hey, for, come for an hour and read these real quick and just like it doesn't matter. Don't like don't even yeah. give don't even try. <laughs> it's not good. Um, the <laughs> Thor video game actually, I think, had Chris, uh, Hemsworth, really? Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston. Oh, I think they're just not very good voice actors. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Sometimes it's OK to get like somebody that knows what they're doing to voice it. Sure. <laughs> like John Reese Davies. John Reese Davies. Yeah. Keep them. Keep, yeah. <laughs> He's not too good to do the little stuff, right? Yeah, he'll, he, he'll happily that. oblige. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to um seeing him in Indiana Jones 5. I thought you were going to say man thing for some reason. I was like, was that confirmed or something? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Into the Phantom Zone, this movie, Trial of the Incredible Hulk, Birdo. Uh, no. Do not send us to the Phantom Zone. Flaws aside, this was still like a very enjoyable watch overall. And honestly... Dare I say, this was a quality production. Okay. I mean, I think this is a good movie. And again, a lot of caveats. I think this is a great movie in a vacuum. I think you take this out of the context and you go, here's a movie about Hulk and Daredevil taking down Wilson Fisk. 
and then maybe kicking off a TV show with Daredevil in it. I think all that works really well. I think self-contained, this is a good movie. I think when you look at it from a bigger picture and you go, this is supposed to be one of the three films to end this huge series. It doesn't hold up anymore. Like it's not epic enough. It doesn't do anything different enough. It doesn't break the status quo. It also doesn't deliver on its own promises, which is like, the trial. trial of the Incredible Hulk. None of that happens. Uh, Hulk is not present in the third act of this movie. To be fair, I don't know if I could think of a better title for the movie, though. Anything else would be more appropriate because he doesn't go to trial. <laughs> and the, but and, he was supposed again, to. And I mentioned this. The first half of the movie sets him up like it puts him in this legal debacle, right? Because he gets involved in the with the mafia and then they fucking organize the whole smear thing against them and then they accuse him of fucking hurting this woman and yada yada and he goes to jail and he breaks out this whole thing right it's mm-hmm. all resolved off screen and then we finish the movie with a different movie you know what <laughs> I mean and like some of that doesn't really sit too well with me however at the end of the day I guess I could recommend this because it is good on its own yeah you know I do think the Thor one is better I think I might have liked this one better. I don't know. I like I like the Daredevil stuff a lot. Maybe I just... Because I like the Daredevil stuff a lot, too, in this. Maybe the Thor one was more fun, whereas this one felt a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the difference. Yeah, but that's what these characters are. That Thor character was really fun. That Thor character was really <laughs> this, fun. This and Matt Daredevil Murdoch is very serious. Yeah. So, I mean, eh, they, they both were. And here's Wait, the thing. I really like them both. So. They, would, they would have made for two very different... And very good shows, I think. Yes, absolutely. Top two 80s slash 90s Marvel pilots, for sure. 70s slash 80s. 70s slash 80s slash 90s. I think we even got Weren't these movies in the 90s? Uh, No, this is 89. Oh, the last one's like 90. I think it's 90. I think it's 1990, I think. Oh, okay. So 70s and 80s. As far as the 70s and 80s Marvel Universe goes, honestly, this movie and... Um, Return of the Incredible Hulk are probably top two. Okay. Number three, I'd say <laughs> Captain America. Not Death Too Soon, the first one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Doctor Strange last, I think. Yeah, and I wanted to like the Doctor Strange one a lot. It was kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. But apparently they had a lot of fun making that, so hey, well, good for go. them. There you go. Dr. Mordred um, is better than Dr. Strange. Cool, guys. So we will both keep these out of the Phantom Zone, even though I, I was kind of close. I'm not going to lie. This has <laughs> a lot of value. Uh, I'll give it that. has a lot of value. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing on your podcast app. That way you get the new episodes when they come out. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes it's every two weeks. So, like, just, <laughs> you know, it helps to subscribe is all I'm saying. That way you don't miss a thing. Thanks to that piano dude for a musical intro. Make sure you leave a rating or review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you can do so. Tell a friend, guys, please. And thank you if you did tell a friend. That's how people listen to podcasts. Yeah, I think. Guys, you can support the show on Patreon. And if you do support the show on Patreon, you get access to our second podcast, Where's Mephisto. Berto, what are we doing on Where's Mephisto? Currently, we are looking for Mephisto in She-Hulk and in Andor. Yeah. Simultaneously. Same time. So, guys, if you like those shows and you like us, where's Mephisto? That's where we do it. We look for Mephisto in literally any streaming TV show that we choose to watch. It's true. (laughs) Uh, And we've also done Stranger Things. 
Peacemaker, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. There you go. There's also outtakes from this very show, films from the Phantom Zone. Outtakes from the Phantom Zone. Two episodes right there. If you want to hang out with us, Discord server. We talk news, commentary, all kinds of stuff. Good stuff, usually. Uh, guys, we stream all these episodes live on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash filmsfrompz, where we're streaming right now. Uh, and if you wanted to hang out with us while we record the episodes, if you wanted to be a part of the podcast, contribute to the show that you're listening to currently, uh, you can do that. Just like Sable, my wife has. Summer Faith, Honey Badger, uh, Blake's Takes was here, Redback Cosplay was here. We got some friends. So check that out Monday nights, twitch.tv slash films from PZ. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at films from the Phantom Zone, Twitter, films from PZ, TikTok, films from PZ, and uh, listen to all these episodes on YouTube, films from the Phantom Zone. Birdo, what movie are we doing next? We're doing Man Thing next week. Because we are entering spooky season, so I know we have uh, one Hulk movie left, but we might have a little bit of a break before we finish that up. Let's do spooky season first, and then we'll come back to Hulk. Again, it's been five Hulk movies. It's a lot. We've already been spacing them out as much as we can. Let's just space out this last one. (laughs) Man-Thing. So, uh, Werewolf by Night comes out next week. This week. Sure. It'll already be out by the time this is out. Right. <laughs> in Werewolf by Night, it's Man Thing. The Marvel character uh, will be featured. And there was a movie in 2005 for Man Thing on the Sci Fi Network. <laughs> so uh, we will see how good or bad this is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what we're watching next. It is available if you want to watch along, it's available to rent on all platforms. Stream it with ads on Tubi. I might just buy it if it's only like $2 more. That way I can watch it again if I ever feel the need. Stop buying stuff. Buying man thing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys, thank you so much again, and we will see you next time. Good night. Bye.